this is the better answer. <clears throat> so in this scenario, you are the gastroenterology registrar uh, in a general gastroenterology clinic uh, at a DGH. Your next patient is a 33-year-old lady who has been uh, referred urgently by the GP due to a two-month history of jaundice. We'd like you to talk about how you would uh, initially assess, investigate this lady, and then we'll go on to discuss management. So I think the important things are here to be assessing, keeping a very open mind. And the GP's obviously referred in with a patient who's concerned about jaundice. So first is the first thing is to actually assess the patient uh, and understand uh, clinically whether they're jaundiced. Um, and obviously, I know I know in an outpatient clinic, it's always important to do a very brief or uh, A2E assessment to make sure they're the patient is stable um, and importantly if someone who is jaundiced um, make sure they haven't got signs uh, consistent with decompensated liver disease um, so you make sure they haven't got uh, gross, gross societies or they're encephalopathic um, leg swelling etc um, so now digging into actually understanding why their jaundice is coming from this really splits into like a pre-hepatic uh, intrahepatic and post-hepatic uh, causes. So you'd be taking history to understand how long the patients had these symptoms, what they first noticed, uh, what they think any triggers may have been, and what risk factors they've got. So whether they have any, uh, whether they're on immunosuppressants, whether they have any autoimmune, uh, underlying autoimmune conditions, whether they have any underlying uh, gastroenterological conditions that are associated with liver disease, um, and whether they've had any of these symptoms in the past. Uh, There's obviously a detailed family history and social history, especially a young patient, uh, thinking about alcohol, drugs, uh, and risk factors for any of the <coughs> hepatitis. Uh, in terms of, uh, and so that's probably what I'd ask in my history, uh, and then a thorough examination looking for extrahepatic manifestations of liver disease, uh, clubbing, pulmonary edema, looking to see for any uh, liver flap, any bruising, any uh, track marks suggesting of IVDU, and then looking at the sclera to uh, look for jaundice, um, any, and any other signs of extrahepatic disease, so uveitis, uh, and then finally looking at the abdomen proper to look for Kappa-Medusa, uh, uh, T-angiotasia, uh, and then things like clinical mastery, and then also hepatomegaly, any organomegaly, any growth societies um, uh, and anything else on the abdomen that would suggest any alternative uh, gastroenterological disease. And then <clears throat> once you've done all that, I think the investigations are the first and most important investigations is um, obviously things you can do by the bedside. So urine dip, um, especially if you're worried about uh, hemolysis and asking about the color of their urine and the stool sample to look for if their stool has changed color at all. Um, as well, which could be such a post-hepatic cause. Um, and now then I would do uh, start formulating the opinion of what this could be and carry out a, um, a blood a blood liver panel. Um, uh, and that would help me understand the whether this is a pre-hepatic, hepatic or post-hepatic cause of the patient's jaundice. Um, in particular, I'd be looking for 
um, <clears throat> the prehepatic causes. So this would be things like infection, so you'd hit HIV, hepatitis, and if they were suppressed, you could think about CMV and EBV, and that would certainly be included on the liver panel. Um, you could talk about think about autoimmune disease, uh, PSE, PBC, uh, and autoimmune hepatitis, and the uh, panel, the, and the various blood tests that I needed that are specific for each of those. Um, and then also think about metabolic causes. Um, so the, there's the causes, the more common causes such as non-alcoholic uh, fatty liver disease. Um, and then also thinking about rare causes, so screening tests, so a ferritin for hemochromatosis, seroliplasmin uh, for Wilson's disease, uh, and uh, also think about uh, whether they've got any other <clears throat> any other uh, hep 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 post-hepatic causes of liver disease, and that's really how I ascertained by imaging. So probably an ultrasound of the liver plus minus biliary system to look for biliary dilatation or Okay, so if you go to your pack now, then you will see the blood tests for this patient. Uh, I'll put it on the screen here as well. So you can see just there's quite a few on the screen there, so just take the time and uh, just go through those. Okay, so anything that's jumping out at you about those results? Yeah, so they've got preserved synthetic function with a mixed hepatitic cholestatic picture, um, an elevated lerubin, um, a slightly elevated ferritin, but not what you, the levels of ferritin you necessarily expect the hemochromatosis. But keep your open mind, you could certainly, it's certainly not unreasonable to think about doing further tests. So, uh, iron binding studies and transparent SATs, which is the uh, gold standard before you think about genetic testing uh, and the IgG is uh, significantly elevated which uh, could be suggestive of autoimmune, uh, autoimmune disease and autoimmune hepatitis. Okay so then those are some more extended tests that you mentioned earlier uh, and just have a look at those and see what you think about any of those. So uh, yep so it's, it it tells me the the viral screen is negative, uh, not 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 malignancy, uh, not uh, CF or um, Wilson's disease, and most importantly, uh, positive ANA with specific positive ANA, which is a which is autoimmune disease, and specifically positive anti smooth muscle antibodies, which is uh, specific for uh, autoimmune hepatitis. That'll be my primary differential at the moment. And as mentioned, the iron binding studies are what would be a fairly inexpensive test just to make sure there's not too much concerns about hemorrhagosis. But we've got an alternative cause here for this patient's um, liver disease now. Mm -hmm. And then that's the ultrasound there. Does what does that? What can you interpret from that? So, so it tells me there's no biliary duct dilatation, um, so it's no post-hepatic uh, liver disease. In fact, the liver outline is smooth. That's what it tells me it's patient's not cirrhotic either. Good, okay. So uh, you are leaning towards this being an autoimmune hepatitis. So what would be your next invest investigation or would you go ahead to treatment? So the next investigation is here, we consider um, histological, di histological diagnosis using um, a liver biopsy mm -hmm. uh, to try and understand whether this is definitely was 
autoimmune hepatitis, and then the mainstay of treatment for this patient would be steroids. Okay, and longer term, what else could you use other than steroids? Uh, so longer term, other than steroids, after you treated an acute phase, you think about other um, other immunosuppressants. Uh, yeah, so other other immunosuppressant medication. Uh, I don't I don't know particularly which ones. Fine, and uh, and you mentioned that you'd like to do a biopsy. Do you know any of any changes you would see uh, histologically that would be indicative of autoimmune hepatitis? Um, I don't, I don't know specifically. No. Wow. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you.